Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in ed tech. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. In this episode, we explore what has shaped out to be the biggest of windfalls in education history. Hundreds of billions, yes, that's with a B, of dollars that were meant to stave off the effects of the pandemic, but to finally also hopefully bridge the digital divide the homework gap, whatever you want to call it, really addressing the obvious glaring inequities in public education technology infrastructure, or more accurately, the lack thereof. So to start off, let's listen to this highlight clip from an extremely insightful conversation last week that I had with three of the preeminent experts when it comes to federal funding opportunities for schools. Cheryl Abshire, John Bernstein, and John Harrington. Find it under the webinar tab called Follow the Money. In this piece, John Bernstein sets the table for what the current situation looks like in the state of play of of ed tech. Have a listen. Let me just hop in quickly on the community side. So I run, help run something known as the Homework Gap Coalition. And it used to be for E-Rate, we had just sort of the core major K through 12 education groups, you know, the unions, the school boards, the principals, we had private schools in there, we had the libraries. But when this happened, when everyone had to go home, everyone then had to have connectivity at home. And the Edley Coalition morphed into a homework gap coalition, which had 65 different organizations in it. We had school psychologists, we had school counselors, we had the PTA, we had every group, you can charter schools, people who were ordinarily not involved, stepped up and were paying attention. And we were all rowing in the same direction because they knew that we needed this. So that coalition is still there but it's gonna have to renew its efforts as we start getting to the end of this money. And, you know, I I think that Cheryl points out a lot of salient issues there, which is, uh, which are that the homework gap exposed this need. But I will also note the, you know, the pandemic, before the pandemic, we already had a homework gap problem, right? This is not a new thing. But back then we were only talking about, and, and, and it's still relevant today, kids going home and not being able to do their homework not being able to do research, not being able to apply for college online, to search for jobs online, even to get governmental services online. I mean, I'm not too old to remember uh, when you had to sign up for vaccinations online. Perhaps, Perhaps some of you remember that too. So even with kids going back to school, one, not everyone's going back to school in person. A lot of kids are opting and their families are opting for online education. So we need to meet that need. But these same issues that predated the pandemic are still there. Kids still need to be connected so they can reach out to their peers, reach out to their teachers online after school hours, learn all the time. That hasn't gone away. What has changed is the federal government is making has made a strong effort during the pandemic to make sure that those kids who are by and large low income, minority uh, oriented in rural areas, that those kids are served. You know, I don't think the federal government should cease caring about that when the pandemic ends. So really, I mean, the topic of the webinar is follow the money, but what I'm hearing is that we should get ahead of the money, really, uh, when districts are looking about what their horizon's gonna be, right? A lot of the money is spoken for already. So, yeah. um, you know, we can follow it. We know where it's going and we know where it is. The question is, how do we get more of it? So all this cash infusion is, is great right now. All those devices probably have showed up in your district, hopefully, finally, uh, without these supply chain problems. But what about three years from now when you need to get them upgraded? Where does that money come from? Mark Rand, 
director of procurement at an organization called Diamond Assets, wrote a piece on the homepage of eschoolnews.com entitled, Six Things You Can Do Now to Make Smarter Tech Purchases Later. He offers a number of steps towards future-proofing those tech investments. Here are a few highlights. Number one, he recommends change up your timing. Everyone wants to sell their used devices at the end of the school year, but that's when the market is flooded and your resale value diminishes by as much as 15% between spring and summer. Consider instead a mid-year tech refresh, perhaps during winter or spring break, which can make a considerable impact. Number two, don't run your devices into the ground. If you are already experiencing tech issues at the classroom level, you've held on to your devices for too long. You will have missed your chance at a strong trade-in value, and your students and teachers are feeling the consequence. Rather, keep an eye on the market so that you can make purchase of an opportunity and not one of desperation. And then number three, set up a payment plan. Many suppliers will work with you to spread out payments over your planned device cycle. This allows you to establish technology as an ongoing operation expense, just like the cost of running water and electricity to your buildings. It also protects your technology budget from being reallocated to other departments in a financial crunch, so you know the funding for new devices will always be available. Mark goes on to offer a number of other different kind of solid state tips like that that I think would be good for your back pocket and to hopefully be able to sustain this cash infusion going forward. And finally, it's essential to keep strategic on when you get it and how you use it, that technology that the the money is there for. Kate Eberly, CEO of Presence Learning, which is a teletherapy provider, pens a helpful piece that can help ed tech leaders be strategic about that funding. Here are a few snippets. Number one, identify the highest needs. More than ever, she writes, directors of special education and counseling are taking stock of their challenges at this point in the year and are seeking advice on how to best use their funding to address them. It's time to determine your highest priority needs, advised Mike Lowers, former executive director for the Central Kansas Cooperative in Education. What are the ones that are keeping you up at night? And we all know that special education and counseling have really gone to the front and center of every district's front of mind. There's no one size fits all for schools to get it right. She writes, what will delay children in recovering skills? What are the challenges that will hold you back for your program next year? What could you potentially take off track? Next, she writes, seek funding now. Does your school have untapped ESSER funds? You're not alone. You may also feel you're not maximizing funding as you could be. And that's stressful because there's typically a use it or lose it clause that's attached to that money. ESSER funds are one-time that must be used to prepare for and respond to impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic. Districts, therefore, are juggling multiple priorities over several time horizons, none of which are limitless. American Rescue Plan funding needs to be obligated by September 2023. This leaves schools weighing their need to hire new staff members or implement new programs against a fear of needing to eliminate the additional resources due to a lack of ongoing funds in the future. Then finally, she writes, modernizing services serves the children. Now is a good time to focus on investments that help set up this special education department for the long-term. Teletherapy is one element of a long-term plan for flexing coverage in times of need. 
Recently, in fact, the Surgeon General recommended increasing access to behavioral and mental health care for children through telehealth and an expanded school-based mental health workforce. Teletherapy can provide a transformative solution for your staffing needs and help install that expanded school-based workforce. Many districts have been using this approach for years for assessments in speech therapy, occupational therapy, and mental health therapy. And you know, she really is right. Uh, the importance going forward, you know, this isn't just something that's going to go away now that the pandemic is hopefully gone. Um, these stressors were there before for students and they will continue to be there afterwards, if not in greater form. So really good advice here. So that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on eschoolnews.com for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the ed tech space. And remember, eSchool is always free and always trying to help innovative educators just like you. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan for eSchool News.